Are we live? We live? We live. We live. Listen, today's show deserves two intros. I'll tell you that because holy moly, there is so me and Robin were having a phone conversation at 1230 in the morning about how much stuff is going on in our space just over the last day or two. So much news to talk about and cover today. Anyways, if this is your first time here, welcome to Sin City Crypto. I'm on your co-host, David. We are coming at you live from Global Studios in Sin City, Nevada with our live show. If it's your first time here, please say hello in the chat. We'd love to give you a shout out. Uh, before we get into the content, we are not financial advisors. Do your own research. With that being said, let me introduce you to my co-host, Big Rob. What's up? Hola! It's your boy, Big Rob, back in the house. Welcome to Sin City Crypto. If it's your first time checking us out, we are an entertainment-focused cryptocurrency channel. We take the old, the boring, and stale information that's on my left side, and we package it up in a fun and sexy way that's here on my right side. Now, quick shout-out to Global Media. They help broadcast us out to other channels than just YouTube. And then, here, we don't just do live streams. We also do deep dives. This is the live stream, though. Check out the deep dives. And then we're a young and growing channel. Uh, if you could help us out, like the video. If you ain't subscribed yet, what the hell wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And... Hit that notification bell so you don't miss any of our juicy content. Speaking of uh, deep dives and not missing juicy content, we just uploaded. Uh, what, what video do we upload there, brother? Tezos. Tezos is live oh my God, that on the platform. So it's so dope, man. It came out really good. Yeah. So uh, really excited about the Tezos video. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, please do. Uh, make sure you drop a like in there as well. Uh, or if you have any social media channels, you're passionate about the Tezos uh platform uh please feel free to uh put that on your on your accounts uh spread the word and man there's all kinds of juicy stuff going on today man God. holy crap man, we're not talking like small news we're talking huge news i mean we're talking about a country that was just about to ban cryptocurrency now they're making it legal tender in their country yeah so russia the narrative was uh not only two weeks ago the narrative was Central banks in Russia were not vibing with crypto. Uh, they were seeing a lot of exodus in as far as bank accounts and liquid cash flow going into cryptocurrency. And so the banks don't like it. They tried to put pressure on the, the Russian administration. And uh, so the narrative was, hey, we're about to get a ban. They're about to start banning crypto in Russia. And lo and behold, fast forward two weeks, we have a possible, possible, not possible. Poss not possible. Likely, likely passing of some bills. It's going to pass, bro. That uh, they're going to make cryptocurrency legal tender. A uh, little different than the legal tender that you're going to find in El Salvador with Bitcoin. Uh, they're not mandating that the citizens or the businesses uh, use or they're not giving away any crypto. They're simply acknowledging crypto is here to stay. And you know what? It's not play money. It's not any make-believe crap. It is here to stay. It is a currency. Uh, so that's the direction they're going. So uh, if you go visit Russia, uh, your your crypto is uh, as good as cash because it is cash or will be once the bill is passed. So uh, we'll go into a little more detail uh, with that subject here in a moment. Uh, now, you want to give some quick shout outs out? Or you want me to do Yeah, it? yeah. Here, uh, we uh, we got, let's go. Start at the top. We got Chef Murder. He was here nice and early. D-Fib. My boy D-Fib. <laughs> What's up, my bro? Now, <laughs> also, we got Angie in the chat as well. Architect, welcome back. Russell, uh, we got Olga and Garrett. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, 
Glad to see you guys here for the beginning of the show, and you're not uh, late arrivals. Uh, yeah, DFIP. <clears throat> where's Sivan been? Yeah, where's Sivan? Where you at, bro? Olga says she's moving back to Russia. Wow. Hey, there you go. You know, hey, you can uh, buy a new house with your uh, with crypto. You know, why yeah. not? Now, um, yeah, where, where's Sivan at? I'm putting the APV out on Sivan. So uh, now you say APV. Yeah, AP, APB. APB? B All like points boy. bulletin, that's right. right. Yeah. No. Uh, bulletin, you know? Oh. <laughs> bulletin. Robin likes making up his own words and phrases here. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Hey, you know what? What are we starting with? What? Okay. Like, here, here, here's some big news. We have a plethora of things to talk okay, about. Well, I don't even with? know where to start, but here, here's the biggest news for me, okay? There is now a country that owns more Bitcoin than any other country. And what country is that, Robin? That is the United States US of America. The United States of America is now the proud owner of the most Bitcoin in comparison to any other country. So we now uh, we are now all in on Bitcoin, right? Uh, Not exactly, but technically, <laughs> I guess we are. Uh, so Unless you, they dump it. If you terrible. didn't catch the news, what happened? Uh, the largest seizure of illegal funds due to a money laundering scheme uh, was what came, came to fruition. The, lo- the largest amount of money ever seized in the U.S. history, six years later, uh, happened uh, yesterday. Uh, so uh, there was a hack of uh, Bitfinex. This was back in 2016. 115,000 Bitcoin was hacked and stolen from an exchange called Bitfinex. Uh, Bitfinex, uh, not, not really, uh, they don't have the best track record. Uh, they got, they, they're the ones that also started Tether. They came off to they came off with that one in a shaky start. Had a lot of legal issues. They kind of buttoned it down now, but uh, yeah, man, that's a lot of Bitcoin. So they recovered from the 115, a little over 90,000 Bitcoin. Just to put that in comparison, if you take into account what MicroStrategy holds in their treasury, they have a hundred and uh, how much? How much am I? I want to say, say 120,000. Yeah, like 120, 130,000 yeah. Bitcoin. Uh, so. Just to put that in perspective, how much Bitcoin just got picked up. So they seized it, and now the U.S. is holding on to all this Bitcoin. Now, what are they going to do with the Bitcoin? That's that's the big question. Are they going to return it to Bitfinex? We're going to kind of dive into these topics in, in a little bit more detail. Uh, but, um, yeah, what, what are they going to do with that much Bitcoin? Um, okay, so they hold 124,000. So MicroStrategy has 124,000 Bitcoin in its treasury and 115,000 bitcoin was stolen from an exchange in 2016 90 plus thousand of it was just returned so so uh do you guys want to see who was the master architect behind that <laughs> would you guys like to see this person so we wanted to show you the video clip with the sound but we were having we we're having trouble with the audio from the source so uh i'm going to show you the video without the sound and just uh use your imagination or if you'd like uh go to the twitter and and search for it and find it and watch it. it's absolutely hilarious donnie will you pull up my uh let me pull up my laptop please all right here we go uh this uh <laughs> person here uh heather morgan she and her husband were the pioneers behind the largest hack one of the largest. No, things. no, no. They they weren't the hackers. They were the money launderers. The la- okay. So they were the. Uh, the, Oz- the that's Ozark. what they're charged for. That's what they're charged. What's for. the name of that Ozark guy? Um, Marty Bird. <laughs> she is the Marty Bird of the Bitfinex hack. 
Uh, so sweet. Hey, her production is pretty dope, man. Maybe we should bring her on the team. What do you think, Robin? Yeah, she got some nice camera. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she might be in jail, but can she produce from jail? Yeah. So, uh, this is her, Heather Morgan. Uh, <laughs> what is going on? Oh, God. Does she look like a money launderer to you? So, you know, uh, I, I was going to tell you a story. I'm not going to put that on there, but I, after the show, I'll tell you a funny story about no, no, money, tell money laundering. I can't. I Oh, you want you wait? You used to money launder? No, no, no. I, I oh, know. Okay. I was gonna say, bro. Uh, I know people. Just put it that way. But uh, okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Anyways, um, you know what? What's Let's, up? So, okay, so this this rolls us right into the hot take, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, instead of coming up with a hot take outside of these stories, we're, we're just gonna piggyback on this. So today's hot take is: What should the U.S. of a do with ninety thousand plus Bitcoin, which totals to a to an amount of three point eight billion dollars. So uh, there is the so so this okay. The, there's literally only one answer to this. Oh, did we roll the, the hot take? Let's run the hot take. No, it's it's too late. Just roll with it. Okay, Just roll with it. All right. So with the hot take, now I'll I'll go ahead and start this. There's off. one answer, please. please. Now. Now, the ethical, the right thing, the thing that that somebody should do, and I'm not saying this is what they should do, but I'm just saying, ethically speaking, if you acquire somebody's stolen goods, what, what, what would be the, uh, the, initial, the initial reaction? Would, if you're a good you give person, it back, you right? return it. Yeah. yeah, you give it back. Hey, you know, if somebody steals my car and I ask the government to go find it and they find it, they should give it back to me, right? Yeah. If somebody breaks into my house, steals some jewelry, she give it back to me. If somebody breaks into my account, steals my Bitcoin, she give it back to me. Uh, that that would be the logical, the logical way of looking at. It. But let's be real. Yeah. Uh, there is a general consensus that the United States is not going to give back the stolen Bitcoin. They already have a rocky uh, relationship when it comes to Bitfinex. They didn't like the launch of the Tether and uh, all the shady practices that went there. Uh, not to mention the Leo token is something that's been pumping. They issued that out to the people that had their Bitcoin stolen. So basically, if you had Bitcoin on Bitfinex and you had it stolen, uh, instead of Bitfinex paying you uh, Bitcoin back and reimbursing you, they just made a token called the Leo token. And they were like, hey, uh, here, take some of this. <laughs> yeah, you literally, bad. <laughs> you literally cannot make this up. <laughs> so that's how they, they paid people back. And so anyways, it doesn't seem as though the, the U.S. government is going to give back. Now, what should they do with it? So for me, I say. Please. We don't have to always disagree. I say Robin. you pay back some debts with it. Sell it and pay back some okay. of the debt. You know, so we ran up all of these infrastructure bills. We had all this crap. You know what? Why don't we, uh, why don't we sell it? For $3.8 billion, and when we reinvest it into our economy, when we start paying some debt, it's like it's like the guy that's in debt. So, you, you know, okay, so here in Vegas, we got a lot of people, a lot of people that got gambling problems out here in Vegas. And you got this this guy, he's in debt, he's got all kinds of bills everywhere, hey, Robin, and he hits, a, he hits a jackpot, right? He hits okay. a jackpot. Okay. He, he gets this big taxable payout, he hits for like a hundred grand. What would you expect that person to do? He would pay down his debts, right? But, okay, but but they don't. He comes across this money. He don't pay back his let debt. Let me explain something to you, okay? So that's what the U.S. should do. We got a ton of debt. We came across some money out of the thin air. Robin, why not? Here, why not sell that? Here crap, is bro? what's going to happen if what you're saying comes true. The U.S. government 
If they dumped all their Bitcoin, the price would collapse 90% down to $4,600. Okay, that would be... I mean, I would be okay with that. That would be if you cleared out all the order books. It's the same way what Michael Stra- uh, uh, Micro Strategy. Michael Strategy. <laughs> Michael Strategy. <laughs> Michael Strategy. Let's say the strategy. Yeah. So, what Micro Strategy or Grayscale, or even when they create a, a, a spot Bitcoin ETF one day, uh, when they need to acquire a large sum of Bitcoin, they're not going to log into their Coinbase account and then set a limit order. That's, that's not how it works. They use the, the Coinbase corporate, uh, the corporate big, yeah. big policy and they work out a deal that way so that way it doesn't it doesn't influence the price of, of the token now with that said with just the sheer news now let's just say theoretically they sold it to coinbase because they're a publicly traded company in their american their american-based company so i mean theoretically it would make sense so if if i was in charge of of this amount of money as the u.s government i probably would sell it to coinbase they they have the infrastructure to receive it they can give you one price it won't clear any order books. Won't affect the price. The news alone would 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 FOMO one direction or another. Maybe it would probably, probably would drop the price. But but totally it, it probably would. But it's not it's not to the effect. How whoever whatever article that was or whatever insta you know tweet that was, um, they're 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 looking at what would happen if you sold that amount of Bitcoin on the open market, and if you did that, it would absolutely crush. Uh, Bitcoin, but that's just not going to happen. You you wouldn't you wouldn't physically be able to do it. Dumped it all. Yeah, if they dumped it all, if they loaded it on Binance and Coinbase and KuCoin, and they just hit sell (laughs) and market sell, and then they just liquidated the books. Yes, Yes. do it, please, please get Bitcoin down to four thousand six hundred. No way, no way on earth that would ever happen. Please look. Either way, either way, if they do and the price drops. If that doesn't excite you and, and gets you to want to put more money and buy more Bitcoin than you, so are. what is your what is your answer? What, what should the U.S. do? One answer: You huddle that stuff, man. You huddle it. You are now the country with the largest Bitcoin holding, and it literally fell in. I don't want to say it fell into your lap because you know six years you're trying to track these people, but you now control the wallet with the most amount of Bitcoin by any country. And do you, so and do you are, think they should hold it forever just like they do gold? So you have the gold that I they mean, acquired back in like the 20s. Why not? And they they keep it locked up. They don't they don't they don't liquidate their gold. They just they just keep it as use it as leverage. That's what I'm saying. That, that's what they do yeah. with gold. It, it just yeah. it goes towards the economy. 100%. So you're saying they should just hodl forever? Hodl forever. Do a Michael strategy. Never sell. I said Michael strategy. Do a do a Michael Saylor. So doing. never sell. So okay, so architect brought up a good point. You know, this news broke of the U.S. and then Russia comes on the back end and says crypto is legal. It is a race to the finish line. Every, like Russia, China, the U.S. They're all vying for oh, the Russia. Done dropped out the race, bro. They're disqualified. They did not drop, yeah, <laughs> they, you and me, Bitcoin, maybe. maybe. In their eyes, they have not been disqualified. They, they decided to run their own race. We're like, you know what? You guys go ahead with that. You know what? We're going to have our own race. We're going to create our own token. And, uh, I'm just saying, man. Know, I'm just we saying. don't care what the rest of the world does. U.S., you are now the holder, the largest country that, that holds Bitcoin. Just hold it. Because if you give it back to Bitfinex, do you really trust them? Do you, pull up the article. Okay, so if they give it back to Bitfinex, they, okay, Bitfinex okay, had a... read the press release? <laughs> Bitfinex, this is, this is what Bitfinex is going to do. If they give the money back, okay. If let me it, let me read it. Let me read. Okay. It. Let me read. Pull it. the laptop. Pull up the laptop. Okay. So this is a press release 
uh, by Bitfinex, U.S. Department of Justice uh, announcement regarding seizure of Bitcoin linked to August 2016 breach. And I'm going to read this one paragraph here. If Bitfinex receives a recovery of the stolen Bitcoin as described in the Leo token white paper, Bitfinex will, within 18 months of the date it receives that recovery, use an amount equal to 80% of the recovered net funds to repurchase and burn outstanding Leo tokens. <laughs> what? These tokens repurchase can be accomplished in open market transactions by inquiring Leo in over-the-counter trades, including directly trading Bitcoin for Leo. So instead of giving the people back their Bitcoin, so the people that lost their Bitcoin, so let's just say is let's just take it, just just take a time, let's take a time machine. We're gonna take time. We're gonna take a travel in the time machine, okay? So we're back in 2016. You lost your Bitcoin, yeah. And then Bitfinex is like, hey, uh, that that kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, Here, here's sucks. some Leo token. I don't now, want Leo token. Now, yeah, it doesn't matter. That's what you got. No, we're so, role playing here. Yeah, I know, but that's I'm Bitfinex. Oh, that's okay, that's right. literally I'm saying. Okay. Sorry, that's what you got. So now, now, hey, lo and behold, the Bitcoin's back. Yay! Do what I get my what would back? you think? What would you? No, I'm you, getting my I'm getting my Bitcoin back. No, right? no, no. Yeah. What no. do you mean? You're gonna keep your Leo token? But you know what Leo we're gonna token. do? You know what we're gonna do? What? We're gonna burn some Leo token. What the? F- we're gonna burn eighty percent. Not even a hundred percent. Of the Leo token in valuation to Bitcoin, we're just gonna burn the, uh, the like. But what do if you I expect? Sold, how do you expect the U.S. government? But I sold my Leo token. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So the funny thing is, is how does a company expect the U.S. government to go out of their way and send the tokens back when you come out and make a press release and say? Uh, yeah, we're not going to, we're just going to hodl that. <laughs> we're going to take the Bitcoin's worth a lot more money now. Hey, dude. It was worth $70 million when it got stolen. Twenty In 2016, the amount of Bitcoin, 115 million Bitcoin, 150, was worth, uh, 115,000 Bitcoin was worth $71 million in 2016. Now, fast forward, it is worth $3.6 or $3.8 billion. And if they re- return the funds, obviously the amount of Leo token is not worth $3.8 billion. No, yeah. Like yeah. it had a pump and the pump. So in case you didn't know, the Leo token pumped up uh, yesterday. It was because the news broke. They had this press release. They're claiming that if they get the Bitcoin back, they're going to burn 80% of whatever said value that's returned. Right. Uh, and so everyone's like, oh my God, uh, you know, they get they the, the Shiba glasses on and uh, the Shiba glasses. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, they're going to burn tokens. I'm going to be a millionaire. Like, get out of here, bro. Get out of here. Anyways. So, so my point then is correct. Then the U.S. government should hodl the Bitcoin. Right. The only thing I'm saying is no, that definitely okay. So we're in agreement. Just not give it back. Don't give it back. Okay. Yeah. Don't right. give it back. I'm saying sell it and pay down some debts. Don't give. Okay. Or sell no. some of it. Sell some of it. You won't even make a dent in our debt, bro. We're thirty <laughs> trillion you're right. dollars. In you're debt, right. Bro. You're right. What's three point six billion? You might as well take. But you got to start paying it all. It's like being in debt, like a hundred grand. We will grand. never pay that. It's debt. like having a hundred grand in credit card debt and Listen. being like, you know what? I'm not going to pay it off because, it, I, you know, what's a thousand dollars? For this, for you know this what I mean, like, let's start paying it off. For this country to pay off thirty trillion dollars in debt, it, it it's like impossible. It'll never happen, and this is why I believe. If there's another world war, it'll be it'll be revolved around China and the U.S. because China holds the most amount of U.S. debt. And if they one day decide they don't want dollars in return for their debt repayment or the U.S. decides, hey, we can't make our payments anymore, what's going to happen? China's not going to say, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. No, they're going to come and try to take it. So uh, That's not really how uh, economic debt works. But 
Um, sure. I like your uh, your narrative. So China can't come in and say we don't want you back bonds or we don't want you to U.S. dollar repayment. It's not U.S. dollars. They're they're paid back in bonds and our, and and there's but they have they have the it's U.S. Like dollar an automatic payment system where, where they pay the interest oh, back and uh, stuff like that. And then what they, they get a up, discount if they set they it up end as up automatic doing is they, they they borrow from other avenues to pay back other debt and accure more debt. It's like just over leveraging yourself over and over again, borrowing from one person to pay back pay back another person, acquiring more debt. So. Literally yeah, it's it's uh well welcome to the to 2022's government. You know what though? You know you know what this article it just, you know, people always say, right, that the FUD narrative behind crypto is oh, only bad actors use it for for money laundering. They use it for bad things. Well, here you go, man. What if if this was cash being laundered? Could you trace it 6 years back if it wasn't on the blockchain? Yeah, you make a good point. If you were to steal, if you were to steal three billion dollars six years ago, let's just say it is two thousand and sixteen, three billion dollars disappear. Would you be able to track that down? And six years later, and today, like I, I highly doubt it. No. And so the c- Congress, they always have this narrative. It's always this this thing where it's like, well. Crypto and Bitcoin is bad for because illegal criminal activity is going on and there's money laundering and this and that. And it is so much more transparent and it's so much more traceable than anything that we have in our current system. I mean, outside of maybe wire transfers, I, I get it. Those are a little bit more traceable than maybe Bitcoin, but not even actually. Yeah. I mean, you could you could theoretically find out where, where a wire transfer Yes, you can. Like but the servers are where all the information is. Money stored. launderers are not wire even, transferring money. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, the the de- the narrative of hey, uh, crypto is bad because it's uh, used by criminals. Uh, that that doesn't fit. That doesn't you, fit. The U.S. government's uh, balance sheet just went up 3.6 billion dollars. You're welcome. From yeah. Sincerely, the crypto community. <laughs> all right, let's move on to our next segment. The talking point. All right. So I'm just going to glance over this article. You know, we've been talking about this for the last 20 minutes, but huge, huge news. Uh, again, $3.6 billion have been recovered. The Department of Justice sees more than 94,000 Bitcoin that was stolen in 2016. Uh, the report noted that they had seized over $3.6 billion. The the pair face up to 25 years in prison if they're convicted. The uh, husband and wife, Heather Morgan and uh, her husband. This is, and this is a quote uh, from one of uh, an on-chain analyst. His name is David Poole. This is just one example of how Bitcoin's public ledger, open to all, allows for observance to, to see the history of the ledger unfolding live. And then a uh, crypto critic uh, tweeted this. The U.S. government now controls one of the largest Bitcoin wallets in the world, in the entire world. So all I'm saying is don't piss away this opportunity. Don't try to sell it. Don't don't give it back. Definitely don't give it back to Bitfinex because their idea of of settling with the people that got their money stolen is as ap- is asinine. Like what wh- what if those people that got the Leo token from the hack, what if they sold it? Like, how is that going to favor them now that no, the money's been recovered? Just imagine. So everybody, okay, everybody in the crypto world here, if you've been here for a while, you always have a, a crypto story. 
usually it's a Bitcoin story. They're like, like, hey, did, did you you got any Bitcoin? I'm like, well, hey, back in uh, 2015 or 2016, I bought this amount of Bitcoin. How many people's story ended with, I bought this amount of Bitcoin, but I had it on Bitfinex's exchange and I got hacked and stolen. And so with that narrative, now it's like, hey, it's back. Can I, can I have it back? So right. I don't know. It's, it's sad. And then, and then uh, to kind of piggyback off this article, uh, we pulled up the press release from the Department of Justice here in the United States. I have highlighted some important facts here. I'm going to read for you guys. Uh, quote, today's arrests and the department's largest financial seizure ever show that cryptocurrency is not a safe haven for criminals, said the Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco. Uh, today, federal law enforcement demonstrates once again that we can follow money through the blockchain and that we will not allow cryptocurrency to be a safe haven for money laundering or a zone of lawlessness within our financial system. That's the assistant journey, uh, attorney general said. And then um, special agents obtain. Oh, so this is how they this is how they got it. Special agents obtained access to files within an online account controlled by Liechtenstein. That is the husband. Those files contain the private keys required to access the digital wallet that directly received the funds stolen from Bitfinex. So they got a hold of the private keys. Do you know where the private keys were? Uh, under their mattress. It was saved. It might as well have been. Uh, they they saved. You can't even make this crap up. They saved the. So it was dispersed. There was like 20 different wallets all tied to the Bitfinex thing. And they had. 20 wallets worth of seed phrases stored on a cloud document. So it was like an, it was like an phrase on the internet. That's like the first thing you don't do. It was a, uh, like, I don't, it was a spreadsheet. They didn't say what kind of spreadsheet. So I'm just assuming it's an Excel spreadsheet. So could you imagine opening up your Excel account or like, what if you didn't pay your Excel like membership? You know what I'm saying? Like the Microsoft Office membership? Dude. Like you got locked out of it or something? <laughs> or you, I just, I just I, don't understand how it took I, six years for them to get caught. Didn't you, Rob, didn't you say something about VPN? Um, uh, yeah, so, so there, there was, a, so the, the story gets thicker and thicker. So there was, uh, they left, we got all the juice they here. left a long trail of evidence for the U.S. government to uh, basically build their case. Uh, so they were out spending uh, money buying. So basically they, were, they would find a platform that accepted crypto and that also sold like gift cards. Uh, and they were buying like Walmart gift cards and cell phone gift cards. And they were buying them. And instead of uh, redeeming them for the online one, they were getting them mailed to their house. Uh, not, yeah. not, not a, not a PO box, not a PO box, but they're literally their address. And they also put their name, their actual names on the, uh, the delivery address as well. Uh, they also tried to use a VPN to cover up, uh, any of the transactions. Uh, so the VPN they used, uh, for the, the, uh, the, for the, uh, the provider of the VPN, they, uh, they logged in, they created an account. Cause basically if you want, if you want to sign up for a VPN, you go in, you, you pick one of the many service providers for VPN card in yeah. and then, and then you, you sign up for men- membership. They put their home address on there, their name, their address, social they, security they, number. They, yeah. They, and their credit card information. If they're an they organ put donor. it all in there to create the account to use the VPN. And then so on top of that, they didn't even use the VPN a hundred percent of the time. They only use it like intermittently. Uh, so they tracked the VPN, they tracked the tra- transactions. Um, 
It's just, you know, it, it kind of builds up this narrative here. Do you think that this is, because the amount of money that the U.S. just acquired, it seems kind of foolish uh, from from the onset, from, from the optics of this. It kind of seems like a setup. Don't you think so? What do you mean? I mean, they're basically putting two people that have no business that that look like they have no business laundering money. They right. they don't look like criminal look at professionals. Marty Bird, bro. And and they look they're so sloppy in their tactics that all of a sudden they went they went through six years. So went through six years of 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 covering this up and hiding everything. Then all of a sudden in the last few months you just drop the ball and you just get super sloppy and you're just like this and this and then Well maybe they were maybe saying, maybe they're framed. Maybe that's what the, I'm saying. no, I don't think maybe maybe maybe, maybe they were they've been sloppy but you know with the, with law in the US you have to go through so many hurdles to get well, court, no. you know subpoenas they, they, blah blah blah. They blah, were tra- they know they knew where the money went and the money right. the money left Bitfinex and it hadn't moved for a long time. So it, it was like four or five years, and there was no traction. So what I'm saying and is... And then Bitfinex, what happened was Bitfinex saw that the, the money was moving earlier this year, or, or early last year, and then they offered a reward for more information. Like, hey, hey, the money that was stolen is moving around. Right. We'll offer a reward if you can get some information. And then also, the you know, the United States, like, stepped up and uh, did their thing. So, you know, a lot of moving parts there. I just think it's... I think it's strange that you have somebody that doesn't fit the part, doesn't fit the bill, and uh, you know they're the masterminds behind one of the you know the largest crypto heist ever, and they're just fumbling around like I don't know, man. Like, why are first of all, why are you in New York? Why are you? They got arrested in New York City. Like, if you sitting on that much cashola. Like don't don't be over here flaunting your cash in New York City, man. A lot of there's a lot of eyeballs out there. And, you know, a lot of people want to know where you got your money from. You, know, you over here, uh, you know, acting like there's Zuckerberg, a, and and, couple, and you got some weird YouTube channel. Like, like, get out of here, man. There's a couple people in the chat that don't believe the story. So yeah, I'm just we'll saying see. on the on face value, it, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, what it reminds me of. You you know that uh, here we go. Those those like stories. Or like movies you see where some some girl will go down, she'll fly to another country, like a small country, okay. and then she'll like all of a sudden uh, make friends with somebody, and they they jam a bunch of drugs in her uh, in in her suitcase, and then she ends up being the the the, the fall Drug guy, girl, yeah, yeah, and then it, but it's all like it's just dangling the carrots, like hey, look over here. Look over here. This person just got busted with all this money. And then on the back door, you know, there's all kinds of other activities just sliding by, bro. I'm telling you, I feel like she 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 uh she looks like the scapegoat. And I bet you there's some uh, illegal activity on the back end there, bro. I guess only time will tell. Stay tuned. You know what I was thinking when you were uh, said a uh, story? We should create a segment called uh Robin's Story Time. Oh man. You know what? I got so many stories. You know what? Would you guys like to see a let's say a three four minute segment in our live Robin story time. Yeah, where my, Robin fir- my first story will be uh, for my love of uh, coffee, crystal clear Pepsi. So you know what I'm saying. Like, so there, you know, it's actually has a comeback. They're they're they're, re- they're releasing okay, crystal wait, clear wait, Pepsi stop, again. Just so anyways, stop. it's all the flavor okay, of Pepsi, okay. but it looks like Sprite, bro. And it's absolutely mind boggling how this clear liquid has the cola taste. Yeah. And then and then it got so much pushback. They didn't they didn't initially release. They released it, then they they cut it back. But now 
Supposedly, they're going to have a big comeback. We're, we're expecting a Super Bowl commercial for Crystal Clear Pepsi, and your boy is going to be in line. I'll be at I'm be at the Vons, Albertsons, the Piggly Wiggly, whatever whatever grocery store you're familiar with. I'm going to be up in there with a shop a cart full of my Crystal Clear Pepsi, baby. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Put a one hey. in the chat. Put a one in the chat if you miss if you miss Crystal Clear Pepsi because your boy right here does. Thank you. Let's move on. Jeez. We lost, literally just lost two viewers. Good job, Robin. Uh, let's move on to Russia. So we kind of briefly talked about this right when we came into the show. Russia to legalize Bitcoin. Regulatory draft arriving in nine days. So we went from we want to ban crypto or the central bank saying you should ban crypto to, oh, uh, in nine days, we are going to legalize Bitcoin. What? Uh, I love it. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I have some stuff. And this is a, a tweet from Watcher Guru. Uh, Bitcoin to be recognized as legal currency in Russia. From its plans to ban digital assets to integrate crypto into its financial system, Russia has taken a 180 degree turn on its crypto policy. On Tuesday, the Russian government and central government published a report noting that they will soon introduce a crypto regulatory draft by February 18th. The Russian government is working on an arrangement wherein the distribution of digital assets will happen only through banking systems or licensed intermediaries, a.k.a. exchanges. Any transactions conducted outside this legal sector will be a criminal offense. Also, there will be heavy fines for illegally accepting crypto as a means of payment. Uh, one of the major goals of Russia's crypto policy shall be integrating digital assets in the country's own financial system. This will ensure the rights of ordinary private investors while preventing the use of digital assets in financial crime. Uh, Russia can collect a total of 1 trillion rubles, which equates to $13 billion, by regulating and taxing the crypto economy. So this is what this is why when I hear that countries want to ban, right? India wanted to ban, now they're regulating. The U.S. was anti-crypto, now they're regulating. Russia wanted to ban, now they're regulating. How do you pass up on $13 billion in new tax revenue for your country and for your citizens? For something people are probably going to use anyway. Even if you ban it, people will find a way around it. You can store your coins offline, you, like whatever the case may be. That, that's what I don't get. And the second thing that I thought was interesting in this article, I'm going to read it again. Uh, this will ensure the rights of ordinary private investors while preventing the use of digital assets in financial crime. So just like marijuana, right? So let me use marijuana as an example. Marijuana was illegal. People were getting taken to jail for having a gram of weed on them. And now it's legal. And look at the crimes that involve marijuana. They have yeah, essentially been is, eradicated. To, to piggyback on your analogy here, if you take marijuana, uh, there's a ton of tax revenue that it, that comes in from the legalization and taxation of marijuana. Here in Nevada, they do an extra ten yeah. percent tax on. So cannabis. if you were, if you're basically your people are going to smoke weed anyways, like you right. yeah. and it's not harming yeah. anyone. Yeah, first of all, you're smoking a plant. Like, like let's not kid ourselves here. You know, the world's C not, cigarettes are legal. Yeah, so you know you're, you're smoking a plant anyways. People are gonna smoke. Have it you ever have you ever been around a person that's high on weed that you were just like, I don't like this guy, or oh, this guy's making me uncomfortable? Oh, no, nah, man. Stoners are they literally just they want to eat, <laughs> they want to hang out, they're chill. Like, 
That's what I'm saying. And cryptocurrency. Now, I think with the but, seizure but, from the U.S. government. He, here's the thing. So state by state, one state is going to see that somebody's making extra revenue. So state by state. So Nevada sees California has generated billions of dollars worth of tax uh, from legalization of marijuana. We all know nobody's going to stop smoking weed. Imagine if the and federal so government. the next state over is going to legalize it to get tax revenue. And then the next state, and the next state, it's gonna it's gonna slowly take over what every if, state. What so if the, the federal same, government, the same thing will happen with with countries. The same thing will happen with countries. One country will will, will accept cryptocurrency as payment. They'll make money. The ne- the next door country will be like, damn, that's a lot of money. Yeah, hey, y'all made a lot of money with that. And then they're gonna pass it. It's the same kind of philosophy where where one makes profit. Others want to want to do the same. Just it's the same as at work. You see somebody at work, it's like, hey man, I made uh, ten thousand dollars on Shiba Inu. You're like, huh? What? First of all, you ain't the most intelligent person. You made ten thousand dollars, and I'm pretty intelligent. So what am I missing here? You know what I mean? Like, that's it, that's how it works. So, I, and I I just thought it was it was interesting that they said that legalizing Bitcoin and crypto in Russia will sway people from using crypto in financial crime. Do you believe that, Robin? Do you believe that if it becomes legal? Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, here's here's the thing. We we know it's traceable, it's trackable, and you know what? If you if you set up the system so where people can buy and can easily buy, sell, trade, stake, invest, what whatever you want to do with crypto, transact with it. If it's all done in an easy way, that is supported by the government, then you're probably just going to do it that way. Why, why go and do some shady crap and try to open it? Like, I mean, you know what? If I want to buy Bitcoin and Ethereum and my government sets it up as like, Hey, why don't you just buy it from this exchange? We, we okay them. We're cool with the exchange. The exchange has nothing to do with the government. Maybe they do, but whatever. They'll you know report what I mean? all like, your taxes for yeah, you. Like if, yeah. if the government will, you know, then why not use those channels? Why go through, why, why try to, pick it up in a in a weird strange way so and then then like that you can trace you can trace where it goes so if you're concerned about like like frivolous payments and money laundering and illegal crap and like you can follow all that so yeah i i I love it man i love it listen when when i was going over the show today and i was reading through the articles i was highlighting i was literally getting goosebumps because you know and 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 I will. And when I get to the cold Wells, in here, when you were looking, and when it. I get to no, when I get to the Wells Fargo Wells Fargo article, you'll see why. We like if you are here with us today, you're obviously a fan of crypto. You are early. If you have money invested in in crypto, you are early. Just be patient. Like this stuff is so exciting. You are. We are literally going to look back twenty years from now that people are just getting into crypto. Are saying, wow, I wish I would have gotten in in 2022. You're like, yep, I was there. I was there. I was watching Sin City Crypto, David, Robin, Donnie. I bought some Bitcoin, bought some Cardano. So, amazing stuff, super exciting. Uh, with that being said, let's move on to our very next article. Bitcoin donations are pouring into Ukraine as Russia masses troops on the border. If you're not familiar with what's going on, again, we're not a political show, but obviously if it involves crypto, we're going to talk about it. Uh, Russia is sending military to the Ukraine border. It's seen as an act of aggression. So the U.S. and NATO have sent troops there. And people are trying to support the Ukraine, uh, the Ukraine troops, the Ukraine army. They know if they send cash or money 
it's going to get seized. So what are they doing? They turn to Bitcoin, just like the Canada art. Speaking of Canada, where's HP? I don't know, man. HP? Where you at? I'm going to call him after the show. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. Anyways, uh, so as tensions rise with Russia, new data shows that Ukrainian volunteer groups are crowdfunding Bitcoin to support the country's military, just like in Canada with the truckers. The crypto, the crypto, the crypto raised by, oh, the crypto raised by Ukrainian activists has been deployed for a variety of purposes, including equipping the Ukrainian army with military gear, medical supplies, and drones. Let me see if I uh, highlight it. Yep, here we go. Uh, this is a quote from uh, Elliptical. I believe they are an on-chain analyst. Anyways, uh, cryptocurrency is particularly suited to international fundraising because it doesn't respect national boundaries and its censorship resistance. There is no central authority that can block transactions, for example, in response to sanctions. So here's another reason or another way Bitcoin is making people's lives better do you think it's coincidence that we had the russia 180 on cryptocurrency right when ukraine <laughs> is accepting a Bro, bunch of you know hey, man, just, i believe like, everything in life in I, our world is intertwined man. i don't i don't i i'm not a big believer you know sometimes coincidences happen but when coincidences happen between entire nation states yeah, i don't know about that bro <laughs> i don't know i'm just saying they don't want they want to track money they want to they want to control they want they want to track the the flow of money from country to country from their citizens uh and you know what i bet you there's a lot of cuz there's a lot of ukrainians that live in russia now that that are like trying to send money so if you think about it if you live in russia you're sending bitcoin to ukraine yeah to support it you know russia ain't down with that right right I mean, it makes sense, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So Ru- Russia ain't going to be down with that. So if you're a Russian citizen, you're sending money to support the Ukrainians to fight against Russia. It's a conflict of interest, you know, obviously. So so what what does Russia do? They're like, you know what? We're going to track all this crap. We're we going to track all this. So we're, whoever's sending money to Ukraine, we know who you are. And it's just, it's just highly coincidental. Uh, but... I got, a, I got a big announcement to make. What's up? Let me get the camera. Take away the banner. Big announcement. Sammy is a huge Dogecoin fan. He holds the most amount of Dogecoin in his wallet than anyone in the entire world. Sammy, okay, congratulations. Can, yeah, can we not talk about Dogecoin uh, anymore? Sammy, it's getting to the point, my friend. If you want to be part of our community, we're building an amazing community. We'd love to have you here. But at this stop, point, we kind of feel like you're, you're spamming a little bit. We don't want to take the direction of the show away from what we're talking about, what the community wants to talk about, to keep talking about your Dogecoin. We get it, brother. We're happy for you. We hope you made a lot of money with it. But please, if you keep spamming the comment section with Doge BS, you will be blocked. I am sorry. That being said, let us move on. I'm sick and tired of it. All right. Uh, where are we at? Are we still talking about this or are we moving on? Um. Yeah, I, I lost my train of thought. Though. I lost my train so. of thought. So we both lost our train of thought. <laughs> Let's move on to the very next article. Wells Fargo. Pull up my laptop, please. Wells Fargo. Bitcoin is a viable investment vehicle with huge potential. Researchers and financial analysts at the Wells Fargo Investment Institute Global Investment. What the? F- okay, what in the world is this? 
Wells Fargo Investment Institute's Global Investment Strategy Team. That is the longest name for a team uh, that I've, <laughs> I've ever seen. Uh, they have declared in the bank special report for February that Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are viable investment vehicles that are still very much in the early stages of their evolution. In the report, this is what gave me goosebumps. In the report, the researchers pointed out that blockchain-based public cryptocurrencies are growing rapidly, and they now appear to be near a, quote, hyper-adoption phase, just like the internet. If I can show you the hairs on my arms, they are standing up as I'm reading it, just like the internet during the mid to late 1990s. They are seeing analytics. They're seeing numbers that support hyper-adoption in cryptocurrency, just like what happened with the internet boom. And we all know every single person who can afford it has internet. It's an absolute must if you want to transact and live in the world today. Same thing is going to be with crypto, and we are almost there. And then this is a quote from the researchers as well. Over the past few months, we have written about cryptocurrencies and the unique technologies that underpin them. Today's publication is not about the technology, but a common point of confusion regarding the future of cryptocurrencies as investments. That confusion is some investors think that it's too early to invest, while others think that it's too, it may be too late. Our conviction is that cryptocurrencies are viable investments today, but that it is still early in the cryptocurrency investment evolution. Uh, and this is for context. This is pretty cool. <clears throat> the researchers pointed to the fact that the price of Bitcoin has compounded at a 216% annual rate since its first transaction in 2020. While the S&P 500 has only managed to compound annually at 16% over the last 10 years. 216% compounding. Amazing. Hey, Bitcoin's track record, baby. Bitcoin ain't playing around, okay? This thing has been around since uh, 2009, technically 2010. Didn't really get moving until 2012. But you can see the track record. You know that market adoption is here. And when the second largest inst banking institution uh, in the U.S. comes out and says, hey, get ready for a hyper adoption of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, uh, you have the smartest financial brains out there basically agreeing that, hey, this is about to take over. As much as I, dislike, thing, as much thing, as I dislike Wells Fargo as a company, like these are their No, I mean, they're, they're, they're looking. Their job. Yeah, they're they're basically telling you what is going on in the market, and you see the exodus of 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 money. You see the exodus of it going from the savings account, the checking account, the four hundred one ks, and you see it moving to a new to a new sector. So it's either you get on board and try to capitalize on it, or you stay stubborn and you watch you watch your your business model slowly die. You can look at uh, Blockbuster as an example. You could be like, nah, people people like coming in here and spending nine dollars for a movie. And hey man, in, in, in 1999, bro, I remember in, memories, man. in 1999, I was paying eight dollars. Like it movies don't even cost eight dollars right now. Yeah, but think about the experience, and, bro. And then you had think about the experience. And then, and then they were feeing you to death. They were nickel and diming you to death, very comparable to what the banks do. You come back and they're like, hey, duh, you didn't re rewind this movie. 
Or, or actually, yeah, they don't, even, they, don't, the they don't even tell you. They don't even tell you. Like, bro, you charged me $8 to take this movie home, and now you're charging me another $2, and they hold you ransom. They're like, hey, uh, you can't rent this next movie out until you pay back your rewind fee from the last one. You're like, I didn't rewind it? Like, no, no. But like, bro, you have a machine. You put the tape in, and you press rewind. Like, get out of here, man. Uh, that's like that's like going to the movies and getting like the movie theater and getting fined for leaving your, your popcorn on the floor. Yeah, like hey man, you made a mess in here. We got to clean it up, so we're gonna have to charge you another five dollars to watch a movie next time. Yeah, like no, it, you you provide a service. You you rent movies, anyways. Defib mentioned uh, Coinbase has direct deposit. I actually sat mine up yesterday. Uh, I did a small amount just to see a test run, see how it works out. But if it works, start using it. You gonna start using it, Donnie? Robin? Maybe. What do you mean? Maybe do we? I mean, okay, well, here's the thing. What? What? I can set it up, but there's no money coming from Sin City Crypto. <laughs> what are they going to direct deposit? Well, I, what about your? Never mind. We'll, we'll talk about that later. <clears throat> you don't want to talk about how you make your money on air, right? Okay. <laughs> and it's not illegal, don't worry. <laughs> um, are we paying attention to a to a, a, a drug dealer here or something? No, no, you're good. Robin's clean, guys. I vetted him before I got into business with him. I promise. Uh, so exciting news from Wells Fargo. You're only going to see more of this narrative now. I think the whole FUD campaign, every time we see a dip, I don't think we're going to see as much of that. I think we'll still see a little bit of it. We're not going to see nearly as much as that as we saw a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. I feel like people and the government is now realizing what an opportunity they have literally in front of them right now, not only to increase revenue for the country, but to make people's lives better, let people take control of their own finances. With that being said, let's move on. U.S. stablecoin issuance unlikely to be limited to banks. Uh, so there was a meeting held yesterday, uh, the House Committee on Financial Services. It was called the President's Working Group Stablecoin Report, which was published in 2021. They had a meeting about it. Uh, specifically, some representatives had concerns that requiring stablecoin issuers to be banks could stifle innovation and force the entities to relocate to other countries. At large, the report made three key recommendations. One, to address run risks, all issuers should be insured depository institutions, aka banks. To address payment system risks, federal regulators should have oversight over custodial wallet providers. Robin, I know you absolutely hated this. BS, bro. And the last one, issuers and wallet providers should have limited association with commercial entities to address systemic risks, and supervisors could enforce interoperability standards. Uh, And this is a quote from uh, the undersecretary, Nellie Liang. She said, a stablecoin issuer that only issues stablecoins for payments and did not make commercial loans like a commercial bank would be subject to a very different supervisory regime. There is a degree of flexibility within the proposal that we put forward. So, Robin, go ahead, man. I'm going to give you the floor on this one. So, let's just let's just be clear. This hold, on, was... hold on, real quick. Sammy, no one hates you, bro. I'm just saying, man, uh, at some point, you know, with all the comments, you know, Doge just randomly saying you have a lot of Doge. I'm just saying it comes off as spam sometimes. No one hates you, bro. I don't hate you. Robin doesn't hate you. We want you a part of our community. But if we feel like you're taking a, a fun experience away from our community by just spamming stuff that's not even related to what we're talking about, you know, if you're a Doge fan, great, man. Like, I like Doge, too. 
But uh, when it comes off as spam, we don't really like that, especially when we're such a new channel. We're trying to grow a nice community. So no one hates you. Let's not waste time with this. Sh- Go ahead, bro. Like, we got time to be messing. <laughs> Chat is just for for piggyback. All right. So say I don't even remember what we we're talking about. We're talking yeah, about the stop, stop looking at the chat, bro. We're talking about honestly use the chat to 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 help our, our content. We're talking about what the federal government wants to do. They want to oversee federal regulators should so, have oversight over custodial wallet providers. So when it when it comes to so so when it comes to this story, there there was a congressional meeting. So none of this was passed. It's just basically they're having a round table. They're discussing what they should do with stable coins. They realize stable coins uh, are here to stay. Uh, now there's talks of creating their own stable coin and regulating it themselves, or or how should they regulate the private industry with integrating their own stable coins? Uh, now the i the 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 proposal that they had or that general consensus, uh, what was it? The second or the second, the second one, the one I just said. Federal regulators should have oversight. Yeah. So federal regulators, sh- they're recommending that federal regulators have oversight on which wallets that people use, and they should have transparency with those wallets so that is absolutely asinine to me i don't understand you know we got our own wallets to escape the the infrastructure right we, to escape the control the broken because because the government can seize my can seize my bank account at any point in time you know the government can freeze my account at any point in time that's what they want to do with and stablecoin and so they're losing this this power and so their their last grasp for power is to say okay um yeah yeah you can use you can use this services but uh we we want we want to control the wallets that that it's in like you it's the same thing like get out of here no absolutely not you know what unacceptable the private industry is going to do their own thing people are going to gravitate to whatever works and that's going to be it and the free market's going to decide what do they want to do if i want to keep my money with the bank or with their own stable coin, or with the U.S. government and their stable coin, I'll choose to do so if it's beneficial for me. If I choose to go to the private sector, I'm going to go with what's beneficial for me. Yeah. So if you don't incentivize me to come back and keep my money in the banks or with the government, and I'm incentivized to keep my money over here, I now have options. We didn't used to have those options. And in the past, in 1980, if all of a sudden you didn't like the fact that your bank account was getting uh, seized or, or closed down, or you didn't you didn't like the interest rate returns, you too bad. That's the country you live in. Use their money. You got no other option. Now nah, I got options. So you know what? Come correct. Otherwise, I'm leaving that 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 model. So, but do you agree with with what uh, this lady Liang said? She said, um, "No, who? Someone said that if if the banks." are right here uh representatives had concerns that requiring stablecoin issuers to be banks could stifle innovation do you think that holds any merit i mean essentially banks banks accept and banks do exactly what the stablecoin providers do now they don't lend but a bank essentially you deposit money they hold it for you and then you withdraw it now, so in that aspect, yes. I mean, if you want, I've been a big component. Like SEC shouldn't be regulating this cryptocurrency because it's it. They regulate Wall Street. Wall Street and cryptocurrency is two different things. It's not a security. So for me, yeah, cryptocurrency is kind of like a bank. At least stable coins are. I mean, right. what? Do you, how do? You, I mean, what do you do when you sell when you sell a crypto? You know, you sell Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever whatever project you you sell. You okay. you get you get a. Uh, 
you get tether or us you get a, a stable coin back right and so and then it sits there and then you get to buy something else with it it's the same as having your money in a bank essentially if you think about it you know you get paid from your from your from your work goes into your bank account it's sitting there and then you buy other stuff with it right and then when you sell other stuff you receive money and it goes back into your bank so it they're essentially like a bank. The only difference is the bank the, the the bank will offer loans. That's the difference, and that that's where the that's where where things start to change. So yes, regulate them like banks, but just exclude the provisions that that are. But should banks, banks should loans. banks be the only entities that are allowed to issue stable coins? No, that, that's not the article. The article no, no, is but, saying but, that they they should turn the stable coin right. companies into but it, banks, but. It also talks about how some representatives are concerned that if the U.S. government requires that any stable coin that's issued has to be issued from a bank, if that's what I'm saying, is that if you are Circle or you're Bitfinex and you want to use your, you want your your stable coin to be used in the United States, you need to apply to be a uh, federal bank or you whatever whatever charter system I think it is. And that that would be how they right. would that would be how they regulate it. I think if you try to pigeonhole stable coins and the only banks can issue them, not a good thing. Crypto and the blockchain is open that's source. That's the direction you want regulation. That's how it's going to have to happen. They're going to have to fit in a box. They're either going to be oh, a stock. They're going to be an equity. They're going to be they're going to be a, a publicly traded company, or they're going to be an institution that lends out money. You, you, at some point, if you want regulation, because you're big into regulation, David, if you want regulation, they gotta they gotta fit somewhere. So, are, for me, I think the closest representation for stablecoin is a bank. They're they're not a, they're not a publicly traded company. Yeah. So, if you want regulation, it's gotta fit somewhere. They're not they're not gonna all of a sudden I just feel create like, a brand new uh, crypto universe. And I just feel like there's more avenues you can at least go down and and try to look for and. That's what they're doing. That they're having these talks in Congress now to we'll figure out what the roadmap's going to look like. Time will tell. Let's move on. Robin's favorite coin to talk about: Shiba Inu. The team announces Decentraland competitor. Shiba Inu developers have stepped up their metaverse game by announcing a new project called Shiba Lands. The holders of Doge Killer uh, Leash, which is their token, the native token of the Shiba Swap uh, Dex will be granted to the first selling phase in accordance with the queue system created by the developers. The rest of the land will unlock shortly after the initial raise. Uh, finally, we have already been negotiating a meeting with some top partnerships, 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 about this project, all for this exciting new environment to be welcomed with great energy and the way it is intended to. So, um, Robin, can we get rid of your narrative that Shiba does nothing? Is it time to drop that narrative? Shiba does nothing narrative. Can it go bye-bye, yes or no? It, it still doesn't provide any value to the traditional financial system and the transfer of technology into new, innovative technologies. They're just piggybacking off of what other people built. No, uh, they basically just okay. built another DEX that somebody else has, and now they're building uh, a land-selling platform. Same thing that a bunch of other platforms have. You know what? Congratulations well, because not they innovating anything yourself. other platforms have. I'm they just, still do nothing. Man, it, Ethereum, Tezos does what Ethereum does. So does Avalanche. Hey, so does Solana. What? They're so just doing what everybody else does. Everybody's got a metaverse now. She, Shib's like, oh, yeah, yeah. We're we going to run our own metaverse. 
Yeah, that's right. We we gonna throw but our that's hands. utility. Get out of but here. that's utility. So does that yeah. take it out of the category of a meme coin? It's still a meme coin is what? Is, What's a meme coin? A meme coin is that the logo ha- is a meme. It's a fucking dog on the coin. That's what a meme coin is. If you if you if you Johnny, take me a favor, will you Google what is a meme coin? Okay, what is a meme? Just break the two break the two apart. Meme. What is memes? What is a meme? It's a picture you know that that, that is viral on you know the internet. You know it's pronounced meme. Meme. Get out. So hurry up, bro. Come on. So, anyways, no, stop. We're gonna get an answer to this. Like meme coin. What's a meme? The Doge coin was a dog meme. Hold on, with we the got. Face. Hold on, go ahead, Donnie. Read it from Google. What is meme coin? A cryptocurrency that is associated with some theme, often as a joke rather than a serious product. Dogecoin was the first meme coin because it was named after a popular dog on the internet. Meme is the actual name of another cryptocurrency, and there are cryptos with meme names such as, I mean, crypto. Okay. So, meme, meme coins are literally just created for a meme. They serve no purpose. Ship, I'm not, listen, okay, I'm not a ship homer. I don't think you should go invest all your money in ship. I'm just saying that the mascot is literally a meme. It doesn't, the project, a project is allowed to grow and evolve after they. I'm not saying they're not, but it was created as a meme coin. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And since then. But since then, they came out with a Dex. But you were created and, as a kid now, that wasn't going to ever amount to nothing. And look at you now, my friend. You have evolved. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. So in short, the future price of any meme coin is strongly based on the community invested in it and the popularity of that coin at any given time. Okay. And are we starting to move away from that? A little bit, at least. Yes or no? No, it's Johnny? straight up community no. based. No, you don't think so? No, we're moving. You don't think with all the news that's going community. on. There's a huge it's community. It's all community. But look at the but look at what nobody okay. nobody is using Shiba Swap might, on. There's no mass of people going in. I get it, bro. I get Shiba it. Swap. Right now no one's using Shiba exactly. Swap. Then right now but, it's still m- a meme. But coin. years ago no one was using Uniswap or Ethereum Swap, whatever the, whatever it is. I'm just saying the direction they're going in they are on the path to become not just a meme coin. That's all I'm saying. No, they're just dressing it up so that way their their community has something to chant and cheer about. But essentially, it does brings no value to the blockchain space. It brings no value to to this world that we're building. And if the the only thing it does is it brings I more legit, people into our space. I legit have it, no it, idea what what like what news can break. This isn't news. They're offering land sale on there for for a metaverse they they're they're supposedly trying to build out. Okay. There's no pictures on it. There's no development team behind it. There's no roadmap. Like there's nothing. They just it, all it is is tweets with these people, bro. Nothing. Okay. It is. It's just up, it's, it's a tweet hype. The only thing they tweet about and 90% of them are like, "Guess how many of our own tokens we burned?" All right. What 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 traditional financial institution is proud of burning their own their own circulating supply? Would you be happy if America burned half of their? Uh... Actually, I probably would. You would exactly. <laughs> you definitely would. All right, let's move on. Sean, what's uh, up, bro? What's up, Sean? Welcome, my friend. Hope work's going good. Uh, GameStop stock is up on rumors of Microsoft NFT game partnership. 
I'm not sure if you've ever heard this term, but if you haven't, here you go. Buy the rumors, sell the news. This is one example. Uh, So rumors are circulating that Microsoft is teaming up with GameStop to launch an NFT marketplace. Uh, Execs from Immutable X and Microsoft appear to have hinted that the software giant could also be teaming up with GameStop for NFT games. The stock price of the uh, GameStop surged 13% in one day amid rumors circulating online regarding a partnership with Microsoft. The latest rumors circulating via channels such as Reddit and Twitter suggest that GameStop may team up with Microsoft to launch NFT integrations into existing games along with creating new NFT-focused games. So uh, we typically don't like highlighting articles that are rumor-based, but seeing as, as this was strong enough to move the price of GameStop in traditional finance 13%, figured we just at least touch on it, highlight. I don't want to spend too much time on this, Robin, but, but what do you think? Is this going to be better for Microsoft or well, is it going to be better for GameStop? It's, it's, it is a lot of coincidental. So you have GameStop. They partner with Immutable X to build out their NFT uh, marketplace. Uh, then you have Microsoft uh, in talks and building out Metaverse and all of these other aspects, which are going to integrate a lot of NFTs. Uh, and then uh, there's all these rumors that they're having meetings and, all, uh, and there's a lot of backdoor things. There's people that know people. And, you know, because it's publicly traded companies, you, you can't like, you can't, you can't basically, you got, you can't just make everything transparent. If you're having meetings, you can't like hype up something. So there's a lot of laws and regulations and no no's when it comes to uh, business partnerships. Uh, you can't say, you can't, for example, say, Hey, we're about to go into partnership with this company and then not pull the trigger uh, because right. then you're, you're you're leading this narrative on to your investors. You're going to create high anyways. So, but at the same time, these are giant companies. And so GameStop is huge. Microsoft is even bigger. One of the biggest uh, companies in the world. And so when they start negotiating and talking, yeah, they're not going out and saying it publicly, but people know there's people on the inside are like, Hey man, (laughs) watch out. (laughs) Watch out. So uh, it makes sense. The partnership makes sense. Uh, they both have a lot to gain. Uh, Microsoft doesn't have time to build out. Who will I gain mean, more, GameStop or Microsoft? Oh, GameStop by, yeah, by a mile. Uh, but, they, you know, Microsoft doesn't, doesn't, you know, right now they would benefit and their whole business model is to acquire other businesses. Right. They're not going to go and acquire GameStop. But, hey, why not? Instead of trying to build that out yourself and spend three years building out an NFT marketplace, why don't let somebody else do it? And you know what? GameStop's kind of hot right now, so... You know, I'm trendy. Why not hop on hop on that bandwagon? You you know, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. All right, last article. We've been doing our articles for almost an hour, but some juicy stuff. Told you guys, juicy stuff. All right, last one. McDonald's plans to enter metaverse with virtual restaurant. A couple of things highlighted here: fast food behemoth McDonald's is apparently drawing up plans to become part of the metaverse. The Chicago headquarter company is preparing to operate a virtual restaurant featuring actual and virtual goods. Uh, if you remember, McDonald's. Oh, I forgot about that. They were shitting on us, remember? Yeah. They were talking crap about us. They were saying, how do you like that, crypto community? What are your wallets? Yeah, when, when, Bitcoin, when yeah, Bitcoin hit yeah, 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you at now, McDonald's? Huh? How the tides turn. <laughs> uh, again, they started trolling the community when crypto crashed last month. Uh, and here, here's some other news, some other big companies. Uh, Walmart last month filed several metaverse-related trademark applications intending to offer a selection of virtual goods. Nike and Adidas 
and other major sports companies have also jumped on one of the hottest trends in tech, clothing and accessories. Retail at Gap has also launched its own NFT collection. And then Morgan Stanley analysts have predicted that the metaverse market could reach $8 trillion. I think that is undershooting it. I think Bitcoin alone will get to $8 trillion. I think the cryptocurrency market as a general will get to over $50 trillion in the next eight to 10 years. And the metaverse will be worth about 15 to 20 trillion of that, in my opinion. Yeah, no, sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah. Well, like $8 trillion Bitcoin. Two. Donnie, twice in a row we've agreed with each other. The hell is going on with you, Robin? So what are you, what are you going, what are you going to buy? So, so the idea, the idea here for this article is that you got your VR headset on, you're strolling around the metaverse. Now they didn't, they didn't say where I doubt McDonald's is going to try to build their own metaverse. I just would imagine that they integrate into other projects. Uh, but you got your, you got your VR headset on. You see a McDonald's there across the street. You're like, Hey, going to McDonald's. You walk in there, you get a, uh, Grimace NFT. Maybe, (laughs) maybe, uh, Maybe a uh, a Biggie Fry, you know the, what fry? Biggie Fry. Biggie Fry was it Biggie Fry? No, what was? No, what? Super Size. No, I'm thinking about Biggie Fry. That's the Wendy's one. That's the Wendy's. Oh my god! But uh, anyways, remember remember when they got rid of the Super Size? We're like, yeah. we're they like, you want a Super? Yeah. Just because somebody came out with a documentary. Fry. Anyways, Hi, can I get a number three with a Biggie Fry? <laughs> So, anyways, uh, you know what? I could see an NFT for for some dead projects, you know, things that that, that aren't around anymore. So the uh, super size fry, you know, but that was genius, man. You could just go in, speaking get of, your Big Mac in a gigantic fry container like this. Speaking it was like a barrel. Speaking of old school, throwing it back, I was at the gas station. Remember Bazooka Gum with the little comic strips in there? Bro, those things are nasty. After like okay. after like five chews, literally, flavor's gone, yeah, exactly. and then it yes. pulls your teeth apart. But it just brought back memories. It brought back memories. I bought like three packs of it. I, he's right though. Like literally ten chews in, you're like, oh, this is disgusting. Uh, but bazooka gum. Yeah, and you know what? With gum, that's that is my key indicator for inflation. I was at the grocery store the other day. A pack of gum was five dollars, and I was like, "Huh?" I'm like, "That's an expensive that's pack scary. of gum." And I'm like, "Look over," and I'm like, "Well, that one's five dollars too. That one's five dollars. That one's okay. $6. This is kind that of off seven dollars. This is kind of off topic, but there was no gum under five bucks. But listen, can you ever see a scenario where if you go to a grocery store, you go to a store, and keep this on the dual cam because I want to see his reaction, and you go to the store. And you can either pay five bucks for this with cash, or you can pay four dollars with crypto. You, can you ever see? And the, the thinking behind this is they know that if you pay with crypto and they and they have that crypto, it could potentially rise in value, so they can give you a little bit of a price break. Up no, front. I, I think I think you might get a percentage off. Uh, so I think the same way that you go to a gas station and you pay, was it like 5% more if you use a credit card yeah. uh, versus cash? It's like, so sometimes I'll pull up to the gas station yeah. and it says gas price. It's like one ninety nine or two ninety nine or whatever it is. And then you it's like credit, credit card. card. It's yeah. like, you know, three fourteen. I'm like, huh? Yeah. I'm like, that's interesting. Yeah. And you know what? Good for you, gas stations. You know why not? If you, I'm serious. If you I got you they're laundering if money. You, if you gotta pay credit card fees because somebody doesn't have cash on them, and you want to accept payment in credit well, card, what are you supposed to do when 97 percent of the world's money so, is digital? So I could see the same thing. I could see where you go in, you go into the grocery store, like you said, and the and bo- and the product is five dollars. Except for when you go to the register, you know it totals out. Say say you got your 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 basket of goods. You're you're at the checkout. 
and you got your total. The total is a hundred bucks. With tax, it's a hundred and eight dollars. And then it has on there, would you like to pay in cash? And then the total now says $115 because you got to pay for the uh, for the transaction fee or $108 in like one cent to pay for the transaction fee on crypto. And then just like businesses were like, because at one point people started adding what they were paying in taxes onto products. Because if you go back into the 1950s and 1960s and 1970s, uh, when you went in and a product said, $10, you walked up to the register with $10. And then at some point, somebody was like, hey, I'm going to make my customers pay the tax because I'm paying the tax. Right. And then that evolved. And you're starting to see the same thing when it comes to credit cards. Like, hey, I'm getting charged a fee to take your credit card. So now as a gas station owner, you can either pay up front what the price is or you can pay the fee with the credit card. Right. They pass and that fee down. So why not? That might, that might grow and you might get businesses adding the cost of transaction fees and which would just support the adoption of crypto. So I could see it happening. I would love to see it happen because I would spend all my money in crypto. Mm -hmm. All right. We are done with talking points. We are moving on to our very last segment. The, what is it? Market analysis. <laughs> All right, so we have decided, screw coin market cap. We are using CoinGecko. First and foremost, because A, I have a gecko-like lizard at my house. His name is Bitcoin. He is a bearded dragon. Uh, super cool. And then second, coin market cap always fudges up their numbers. So we are going with a more reliable coin gecko for you, our community. They are not without their own hiccups, flaws. I, yeah, but not mistakes, as much as but, like, but definitely, you know what? There is a stain on coin market cap. And uh, they need to they need to dial. They're uh, owned and controlled by Binance. Yeah, yeah. Binance, step your game up, man. I, I like I like your uh, I like your app. I like your exchange. I, I like Binance. So why don't you put your team? Because you guys have made a quality product before. Everybody likes Binance. You like Binance, right? I do like Binance. So hey, hey, put your team. Put some people in there, man. Put some put some money behind it. Hey, let's uh, take some fix. of the Ethereum developers that are yeah, working on man. a hard fork go, uh, that they shouldn't do and just do E3.0 and then bring them to Binance to work. Yeah, with yeah. Binance. Uh, so we have markets are up almost 5%, 4.6, four trillion dollar overall market cap. Bitcoin up almost 15% over the last week, up 3% over the last 24 hours. We are over 44,500. Key, key, key level is 46. Can we break 46 and can we stay above 46? That'll be very telling. If we do that and we do one more leg up, I believe we're back in a bull run. Uh, ETH 32.57 up 1% over the last hour. So which is uh, pretty significant for uh, the number two cryptocurrency in the entire market. Then you have Binance Coin at 427. XRP has been pumping. They are up 42% over the last week. Sitting right a little bit under 90%. And card, <laughs> don't don't don't. I <laughs> we ain't got time for this shit. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Cardano up five point two percent over the last twenty four hours. We are now sitting at a dollar twenty one. Solana 115, then we have Polkadot 
this Hold crept on. inside. Let the me cup. interrupt you here, man. XRP is straight mooning, baby. We got any XRP homies we, in here? We were over here. Where's the XRP army at? If you were not watching this channel three weeks ago, uh, we would not shut up when it came to XRP at 60 cents. I uh, kept telling you over and over again, like, hey, uh, this is probably our most bullish six-month project. Uh, whether or not you want to hollow this thing on, you know what? You're trying to make some money. You're trying to you're trying to trying to get some of that vacation money. So this summer, you can go out and uh, take some trips internationally. Where are we going? You invest, not financial advice, in XRP. And Jesus, man! Oh, there's been so much development there. Uh, the, there, the court case is starting to play out in, uh, Ripple's favor. Uh, once again, nothing set in stone. Who knows? You know, the, 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 the judicial system is run by the government. The SEC, which is the plaintiff is run by the government. Uh, so you know what? Anything can happen, but my speculation, the temperature in the room, the direction this is going, it is looking very favorable for Ripple. And we were looking at a nice five to 10 X. Uh, from the five to ten x from the sixty cents when we were talking about it, that's what we said. Oh, okay, when it was sixty, when it was sixty one cents, I was like, bro, we can, this is an easy five to ten x. We were like between three and and eight dollars, and so I still think between three. You think, and $8, it could 10, you think it could ten x from here? Nine bucks. If the market's moving up, yes, that would put if, it at a. Bitcoin, let's just say, let's just say, Bitcoin is mooning. If it was a perfect storm, well, what what market cap would Bitcoin have to be at for XRP to be worth five hundred billion dollars? Three trillion, four trillion? No, nah, two trillion. Two trillion. Yeah, so two trillion. So when Bitcoin two trillion is, when is like when Bitcoin gets 000, to eighty-eight thousand, is that what it is? When Bitcoin gets to eighty-nine thousand. Well, let's say Bitcoin gets to ninety-five k. If Bitcoin XRP can get to yeah ninety-five ninety-five thousand dollar Bitcoin, I can see XRP at ten bucks. Five hundred billion. I mean, Sean's saying he's on an XRP. Especially if it, if if it if it coincides with the with the parabolic run up on Bitcoin, if Bitcoin's parabolic run up happens to coincide with a favorable SEC decision with that lawsuit case, it'll bring XRP with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, with the liquidity, the FOMO. People are going to be taking profits from Bitcoin, pouring it down on other projects. It's going that 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 you could see it. But I mean, even in the most pessimistic way, favorable outcome, you're looking at three four dollar um, XRP, so. which uh, a four five X for a top six cryptocurrency is. Phenomenal. I don't think I don't think it'll stay there. I think you're going to get a lot of people that had. You got to remember, XRP was under like twenty cents for a long time. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that are holding that understand its potential and so with that they're just like hey you know they're gonna start they're gonna take profits so don't don't get it twisted it's not gonna trade at four five dollars for a year you know it's it's gonna fomo up and then you know it just depends on how long it it gets up there um i was looking at i wanted to look up uh hazo so i wanted to see let me pull up coin market cap, even though I don't want to just talk crap about them. <clears throat> so we did mention in the beginning of our show we had a we uh, posted our deep dive on Tezos, and in the in the title we put fifty sixty bucks, and we're we're not that kind of channel that's going to put outlandish stuff on titles and thumbnails that we can't back up or we don't feel like it's something that is. A possibility to happen so 
I'm doing the research and deep dive on Tezos. I'm looking at their tokenomics. I'm sitting here. I'm like, all right, there is less than 1 billion coins. I want to get the actual exact amount. There is a circulating supply of 877 million XTZ tokens, which is on par with, let me double check here so I don't give you guys false information. I want to say it's on par with Avalanche. Let me fact check myself here real quick. No, Avalanche is about 245 million. Okay, so it's about a third of what Avalanche is, right? And if we look at Tezos and we say, okay, it's got a third of the circulating supply. Avalanche got all the way up to 120 bucks. So if we take a third of that, we're at $40 Tezos. But I think it can get to more than just a third of Avalanche. Their ecosystem is so robust between NFTs, DeFi, stable coins. Uh, it's an absolutely impressive project. Their carbon footprint is like that of 17 people. And so for me, I'm extremely bullish. I honestly think 50 to $60 Tezos is extremely likely. If not, well, nothing's guaranteed. But Robin, what do you think? I love Tezos. And whatever the price is now, four bucks, four, yeah, why not? Uh, there is, there is a lot of positives. Uh, unlike a lot of other layer ones, uh, it uh, quickly adapts and changes to the environment. So, as other layer ones started to create, they were like, "Oh, hey, uh, we need to be scalable. We need to be scalable." It wasn't even that big of a discussion, right? Before before this Ethereum congestion, it was, "Hey, we need to increase block size, security. There's hacks," uh, and then that that ended up being the narrative for the other for the newest wave of uh, blockchains. And then as things happen, you're like, you're looking at Ethereum's network. You're like, "Okay, we need to be scalable." We need to have uh, speed, transactions per second. And then they started building around that. Uh, and then after you build a blockchain, if you're going to be decentralized, if that's the idea, it is really, really, really hard to change a protocol if it's decentralized because there's no there's no leader to it. Right. There's nobody that's making decisions like, hey, this this what we have right now is is not working very well. We need we need to well, pivot can... and change. So with Tezos, uh, extremely adaptable, upgradable, changeable, self amending. So, yeah. So that is one of their biggest things for Tezos is it is self amending, literally amend itself, and that is why it is staying at the forefront of innovation in the world of DeFi. All right. Cool. Um. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. All right. All right. Robin, take us out. I'm tired of talking. My mouth hurts. All right. Well, uh, so let's just review today. We have a lot of bullish news today. So uh, with the adoption of cryptocurrency uh, over in Russia, uh, not only the adoption, but the acceptance of it as payment Uh, with the recognition, the (laughs) recognition, Wells Fargo recognizes Okay, hey. Crypto's here to stay, okay? Okay, Donnie and I are going to keep a tally of all the new words Robin creates. Recognition, okay? (laughs) Write it down, please. He's at six for the day. Yeah. So, Wells Fargo recognition of (laughs) cryptocurrency. sound like George Bush. (laughs) Oh, God, okay. And then, uh, yeah, and and then you see see the traceability. Uh, if If you get your crypto stolen, whether you're an exchange or a person, uh, it is not gone forever, and you can still... 
10 years, you 15 can, years later, yeah, you, you can, can still, still get, still get it crypto, back. Guys. Unless, unless you are a customer of Bitfinex because then uh, you're screwed. But... <laughs> But uh, anyways, thank you so much for watching today. Uh, just a quick announcement. We do have uh, some merchandise down in the description as well if you want to check out some of the Sin City Crypto merch. Uh, and then starting... Just in case you guys are wondering how tall I am. Six foot nine, baby. Let's go. Yeah, yeah sit, your, sit your ass down. Uh, and then uh, hey, starting on Monday as well. Monday. Next week, we will be going live at 10.30. Oh, yes, yes, yes. 10.30 a.m. Pacific time. Vegas time, so uh, just 30 minutes earlier than you catch us now. We'll be uh, that'll be our new time slot for next week. So yes, and moving forward. Yes. All right. All right, guys. Uh, well, thank you so much. See you tomorrow. Till next time. Peace. Peace.